Welcome to Home's Room. Just like homeroom, we start off our day getting together with our homies, swapping stories, even a little kiss and tell action. This podcast contains language not suitable for younger listeners. Topics about sex and mental health. Discretion is advised. Our views are our own. Let class begin. Home's Room is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor by Spotify is a total package podcast tool from getting started to distribution, in-app editing, and much more. They even help you monetize your podcast. All of that for free. With a web and mobile-based app, recording anywhere on anything is a breeze. Get your voice heard with Anchor by Spotify. Joining me today is former unicorn, current vixen, half of a lifestyle couple, Casey Donatello. Thanks for being here on Home's Room. Thanks for having me. All right. So you've been in the lifestyle since you were 20. Uh, How have you seen it change? Because I'm sure it's been big changes over time, especially post-COVID. I think COVID had a huge, huge effect. I feel like it's been a lot harder to meet people since then. There's a lot more. There's always been, you know, a lot of fake people and nonsense and, you know, people that don't follow through with their plans. But I feel like it's been insanely worse since COVID happened. Yeah, I could see that. Um, That's one of those things where doing some research, I've seen that like lifestyle in general, um, has had a lot of people kind of on the fringes, but post COVID the numbers on a lot of the websites, the numbers on at a lot of events now that things have opened back up have gone up because people, I guess, probably sat around researching it and were finally like, Hey, I've been stuck in the house. Let's, uh, let's just jump on and start doing this. Um, which is good because, you know, being open and enjoying life is kind of what it's about. If, uh, if you're just sitting on your couch at home doing nothing, when you could be out doing something that's fun, right. especially, um, you know, with a group of people, that's, that's what it is. Um, so, uh, can you explain, uh, what a unicorn is and being newly married? How has that changed your title or did it at all? So a unicorn in the lifestyle is a single female. And I was, I originally started with a boyfriend. So I was a couple for a short period of time then most of my time spent in the lifestyle was as a unicorn. And I met my husband in a threesome. So he was also in the lifestyle when we met. And we've been married for just over a year. We fall into the hot wife category, which means that he shares me with other men. And we are a stag vixen dynamic. So we always play together. I don't go out without him. He is part of the play. Sometimes he watches for a little bit, but he always ends up joining at some point. And there's no sense of humiliation or anything like a cuck would have. So it's, you know, a different sector of hot wifing. Yeah. And so one of the things I've, I've learned is that there's what's called compersion. And for those of you don't, that don't know, compersion is where you enjoy seeing somebody else enjoy something. So even if you're watching somebody eating like their favorite food and it just makes you happy that they're happy, that's still compersion. It's not Mm -hmm. specific to a sexual relationship or a romantic relationship. It just is that feeling. And then there's cucking or cuckolding, which is where you kind of 
enjoy being degraded in a way. There's a an element of shame. There's an element of, you know, this isn't the like I, I am not the important one in this situation, and that thing it makes you enjoy the uh, the experience. And those are two completely different dynamics. And I think more often than not, people probably have compersion and just don't realize that that's what that is. Yeah. So since he's a stag, I see us as being equals and he completely satisfies me. He just really likes showing me off. He likes seeing me please, but he also likes seeing me please the guys. So he's, you know, uh, it's a specific category that we fall into for sure. Yeah. Um, so you've told us a little bit about where you are now. Uh, what was your first experience, uh, in the lifestyle and what did it teach you about yourself at that point? So I was in my early 20s and I went to a swingers club with the guy I was dating. That was the first I ever heard about the lifestyle. You know, I found an ad online on Craigslist because this was way back in the day. And I was just curious about it. We went and just being in an atmosphere where people were, you know, just like freely naked and weren't embarrassed and were coming up to you and saying hello, even though they had no clothes on and they weren't ashamed or anything, that that lack of shame that other people had was really intriguing to me because up until then I was very, you know, I had a lot of shame about sex and being a female that was sexual. You know, I kind of waited longer in life to be promiscuous because I was afraid of being labeled like a slut and a whore. And now I gladly wear that label with pride, (laughs) but it took a long time for me to understand that you could be empowered with sex and not just be, you know, humiliated and degraded from it. So the lifestyle was really responsible for that transformation for me. So it was a really powerful journey. It definitely had a lot of ups and downs and it wasn't like overnight that I had this epiphany. It took many years for me to, you know, figure this all out for myself. Yeah. Um, I think that that's really kind of the like crux of the lifestyle from what I understand is that it's about taking your power back. It's about understanding that you can be whatever you want to be in a lifestyle. There's people that just watch, there's people that, uh, enjoy, you know, uh, smaller segments of it instead of going completely with the full swap or with, you know, you know, full penetrative sex. And I think that the fact that the world has so much range in it, the lifestyle has so much range in it. It's a beautiful parallel, but also it allows anybody that identifies as anything to partake. And right now in the world, I think that everybody's so closed minded and so polarized about whatever's going on. We, we need more people to understand that like being open doesn't have to mean you're only open to this segment. You're only open to that segment. I think that, you know, what you're saying is you, you got to experience a lot. You got to um, see people being open in a way that wasn't what you expected. And, you know, you, you took something from that, which is awesome. Um, Even like, also, Oh, sorry. I was going to say that. Oh, really go ahead. Go ahead. There's something for everyone. There's so many like factors and facets of the lifestyle that sometimes people that aren't in it think like if you're not going to take this path, then you don't belong in the lifestyle. But even as just me as one person, I've been down so many roads in the lifestyle, you know, things that you didn't think you were necessarily into or didn't know existed. So it's always changing. Like you said, like I was a unicorn. Now I'm a vixen. Like you don't have to stay in one zone, whether it's being single or finding a partner or just deciding 
you're into like this fetish now or that fetish, like it's always evolving and it's always changing. So that's what keeps it really interesting. And the more people you meet, the more you get uh, tuned into and you learn about new things and you have the privilege of deciding, yes, I want to try this or no, I don't want it, you know? So it really is just like endless, like candy store for adults to play. With. It's <laughs> yeah. just really cool. And it never gets boring because it's always changing and there's always something new that you can like throw into the mix. Yeah. Um, and as you, I would assume as you find out about yourself, you find out what you, you might like this more the idea, or you see something even at, you know, on with the internet being the internet, there's so many resources to discover about the lifestyle, um, websites, blogs, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, with that, you know, and, this is a perfect way to segue into this into this question. How has being a part of lifestyle impacted your confidence and the way you value yourself uh, from, you know, like you said, the later on in life, uh, finding your promiscuous? For me, I just think it's been super empowering. I think it's taught me a lot about my confidence, my self-image, um, just what I want in life and knowing that, you know, most of my journey I was struggling with you know, I found myself in the lifestyle, but then I couldn't find a boyfriend that wanted to date me the way I was in the lifestyle. And it was really hard because then I was always like, well, do I need to leave the lifestyle to have a normal relationship? You know, do I have to sacrifice all of these cool things that I just discovered about myself to make some guy <laughs> want me? And I was, you know, it was years and years of this back and forth. So even though I felt free in the lifestyle, like sexually, emotionally, I was still really torn for a very long time. And right when I was about to give up on the lifestyle and walk away from it, I ended up meeting this guy and we ended up getting married and we're in the lifestyle together. So it taught me that you really have to know what you want and you can't give up. We talk, a lot of people talk about you can't force someone into the lifestyle that doesn't want to be in it, but you also can't force somebody out of it that wants to be in it. And I think people don't talk about that part enough. You know, if I left for a guy, our relationship would not last or it would last but I'd be miserable the whole time like I wouldn't actually be me so I think mm -hmm. it's really important that everybody knows what they want and who they are and it's a really hard conversation to have with people sometimes especially if you're not both in the lifestyle if one of you wants it and the other one doesn't or you know especially as a female I think it's hard to say to a guy hey I want to date you but I want to fuck a ton of other guys while I'm dating you <laughs> you know that, that's yeah. hard to say if you are not a hundred percent confident in yourself at that point. And now I have no problem saying that to anybody, but for a long time, I was just afraid to admit that to people because I didn't want to be judged and I didn't want to be embarrassed when they looked at me like I was fucking crazy, you know? So I think yeah. just knowing yourself is the first step to all of this. I think that's a like solid point. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we touch on is, you know, how fear is a crippling, you know, emotion and it stops you from doing a lot of things. Uh, we're, you know, a newly launched podcast. And that's one of those things where I thought about it for a really long time. And I, I just thought, you know, I want to do this. I think it's cool. I think there's so many stories that I hear and so many people that I interact with just on a daily basis that like deserve a, a voice. And finally, I just said, you know what, fear, uh, fear, you can go away, you can kick rocks. So um, yeah, with, uh, you know, what you just said, I think might have touched on this a little bit. Uh, what's been the hardest thing for you in the lifestyle? 
Um, I would definitely say not, not doubting myself that this is the path that I belonged on the whole time. Because sometimes I wondered like, oh, am I just trying this out for a little while? And then I'm going to go back to being vanilla, you know. Also, when I first started, I had a boyfriend. And when we broke up, I didn't think I could be in the lifestyle by myself. A, I didn't know that like single people were involved in it. And then B, once I found that out, I was like, do I have the balls to do this by myself? Because now I don't have a partner in crime. So that was really intense for me. Like the first date I went on by myself, I was so fucking scared. But then I did it and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't such a big deal. Like you can totally do this. You're, you know, you're a badass. You got this. And then my confidence just started going from there. And I really, you know, learned who I was and what I wanted. And I wasn't afraid to say what I wanted. And I wasn't afraid to say no to things that I didn't want, which is also, I think, a really important thing. A lot of times in the lifestyle or people that are not in the lifestyle or are new to it think, that just because you're agreeing to meet someone now, like you're agreeing to have sex automatically. And that's not true. Like consent is still a very big part of this. And, you know, just because the guy buys you a drink or gets a hotel room or you get naked, you can say no at any point. And that was another thing that I had to learn for myself because, you know, once you're in a room with someone and you're naked and you start making out, you sometimes you feel obligated to continue what you started and you really don't have to. You know, it's very awkward to stop that and say, hey, excuse me, like, I want to leave right now. It makes the whole thing very bizarre and embarrassing. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you have to be comfortable with what you're doing with your own body and like your mind and stuff. So, you know, I had a few instances where I stayed longer than I wanted to. And it's not their fault. It's my fault because I didn't speak up. And then I got better at speaking up. You know, this has to be beneficial to everybody involved. I'm not doing people favors with my body. You know, this isn't one-sided. So I think that's another really important thing because if you start giving yourself away in circumstances that you don't want to, then you can start to feel negative about it again. You can feel humiliated, degraded, used instead of feeling like empowered and confident. So there's a really fine line that you need to walk. And I think it just comes with a lot of experience and, you know, um, inner reflection you have to really think hard about things, reflect on things, admit when you did something that you shouldn't have done. You know, you can't always blame other people for things because, you know, if you didn't stop things, you didn't speak up, you know, maybe you you weren't sure in the moment. So you just continued, you know, there always has to be this communication going on no matter what point of like the session you're in, you know, and hopefully the person you're playing with would respect that and work with you, you know, because if not, there has to be respect and etiquette in the lifestyle or it's just going to be a hot mess. Um, yeah, uh, it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is you have to self-discover and it has to be a continuous road, not just, oh, I'm at this place. I want to jump into the lifestyle. You know, I want to I want to be able to ex- explore sexually. I want to be able to explore my wants and needs, you know, without any regard for anything. It sounds like you're saying you have to um, you have to keep constant communication, communication with yourself and communication with, um, you know, your partner, if you're involved with a partner. But also it sounds like you're saying you have to not beat yourself up about it afterwards when you've made a poor decision you have to just decide okay that was not for me and from that point you know this is a boundary and it sounds like 
two big things are, you know, boundaries and consent as far as the lifestyle goes. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And it's interesting since I have been single and I have been a couple in the lifestyle, when you talk about like making decisions and following your path, like it's so much more complicated when you're with a partner because you have to make sure you guys are on the same page about every little thing, you know, especially when you're new to the lifestyle together, you know, you can't read each other's minds yet. So you can't assume your partner knows when you're not happy or when, you know, you want something different to happen. Like you have to have signals. You have to communicate before the date, after the date, during the date, you know, there's this whole other layer now where you're not just looking out for yourself. You have to make sure a, you and your partner are not doing something to upset one another because that's not going to be good. And you have to make sure that whoever is involved with you guys playing, like they're following the rules that you're setting. And, you know, like when me and my husband play with guys, my husband has a huge responsibility to make sure I'm okay. Yes, I have the right to speak up at any time, but he still is there as like a buffer to make sure guys are being respectful. They're using condoms. You know, we always state our rules before we start playing with people. But if he thinks at any point something is not to my liking, he speaks up or I speak up. You know, we don't wait till after the date to be like, oh, man, I really hated that part. Like, why did we do that? You know, and it took us a very long time to get to that point. In the beginning, we literally had hand signals and like code (laughs) words that we would say because we had a lot of situations, a couple of situations where we were like, oh, shit, we were not on the same page. And that was like (laughs) very bad. So now that we've been together for so many years. We don't need signals and code words. He can tell by the sound I'm making or the look in my face, you know, and I can tell by his body posture if, you know, we need to stop something. But that comes with years of experience and bonding together as a couple. And I think that's like the epitome of being a good couple is you can now read each other's minds without like verbal communication. And it's pretty cool. All right. I got two things about that statement, which uh, I wrote down a note as you were talking because, and then you, you went there, which is awesome. So uh, I've heard a lot about, you know, like trying to find signals or code words and things like that. And one of the things that I've discovered, and I think you can also implement in just your regular partnered sex, if you're, you know, husband and wife, wife and wife, husband and husband, whatever it is, if you, um, if you're not feeling something, no matter what it is, you need to speak up regardless of who it's with, because Absolutely. at the end of the day, it's about your pleasure. It's about their pleasure. And if you're not enjoying it, doesn't matter what it is. If he's kissing your neck and it's kind of irritating you, tell him to stop kissing your neck. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and there's and nice if he... you can say it. You don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to be offensive. You can just, like, redirect them or say, like, hey, I'd prefer this or I'd prefer that. And also that brings up another topic where, like, women need to stop faking orgasms with people. Because I think you are Absolutely. creating such a negative environment And you are never going to get pleased if guys think they're pleasing you when you hate what they're doing. Like, you know, and again, you don't have to be rude about it. You can just be very polite and helpful, like redirect them, explain because women's bodies are very, very different. So just because one girl likes something doesn't mean the other girl does. And the same with men, you know, guys like to be touched in different places, in different ways, in different intensities. So you really need, again, to be to know your body and to be able to explain that to somebody else if they need the help. Some people are very good at figuring it out on their own and some are not. And that's fine. But if you're not going to speak up, they're going to keep, you know, pretending to please you. (laughs) And it's going to be a vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, So 
one of my favorite comedians, she um she always makes the joke whenever she hooks up with a new guy and he's going down on her and uh he starts doing something, she's like, Okay, I know now exactly how your last girlfriend came. I'm not her, so please stop. Exactly. And it just makes me laugh because it's just at, at that point, you know, it's uh, roadmaps to get to a destination in a car. Yes, most of the time, those only go one way. There's maybe a couple of different ways to get there. But for the most part, this is the best way to get there. People are not roads. It doesn't work that way. So you got you to gotta learn. Um, so you were talking about the signals. And I've heard, you know, using the stoplight signals where it's a, you know, a red light, a yellow light, a green light, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've heard people say they have, you know, bracelets. And when they're playing with the bracelet on their left wrist, it means that they're not happy when they're playing on the 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 right side of their wrist it means that you know everything is fine you know i don't i don't need any help or you know i've even seen people that you know they're like oh hey i think i need to go to the bathroom yeah and, that's a very simple you know, one to get out of to get out of it you know it could be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be it depends on your personality start bringing up um you know random movie quotes and that movie yeah. quote is your is your signal um that'd be kind of fun uh so uh just real quick because it sounds like the lifestyle has a language all its own i've seen bluefish i've seen pinkfish i've seen you know uh ds i've seen dv i've seen so there's so many different terms and initials and acronyms oh my god uh, what are what are some of the terms that like people should know if they're just, you know, kind of investigating a lifestyle, not necessarily full on into it? I would say very like basic beginner, like exhibitionist and voyeur, full swap, soft swap. Um, I would think those are like the very basic ones that could get um, tricky. I think there's also this one. A lot of people mix up, even though they've been in the lifestyle for a while. When you have acronyms for like threesomes you know, like MFM, MMF, like the letters do matter. So it's funny when straight guys, like hardcore straight guys message us and they're like, I want an MMF. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're bi? He goes, God, no. I go, well, you just wrote, you want to buy threesome with us, you know? So that middle initial. Yes. Letter placement does matter. And it leads to a lot of confusion sometimes when people mix them up. So just do your research. And the good thing now is that, you know, the internet has so much information. You can literally Google like, every acronym that you find. And I would say that's another big thing is just doing some research. If you don't know what something means, be honest about it, or you're going to get yourself involved in some like shit that's over your head. Probably, you know, <laughs> you want to understand like our profile says we're a stag vixen couple, like know what that means. If you're going to message us or ask us what it means, don't come at us with like, you know, you're going to humiliate my husband. We're like, no, that's not what we're into. So just education and understanding and knowing that there are so many different variants out there that you can't approach every person or every couple in the same manner because it's not going to work. It's like throwing darts at a dartboard at that point. You know, you want to find people that are into the same things as you are looking for people like you because you want to set yourself up for as much success as possible. There's still no guarantees it's going to work out with that person, but you know, it's like, I'm straight, but couples reach out to us and say, oh, we're looking for girl-girl action. And we're like, well, we're not the right couple for you. Like, And it says that in our profile right away, you know, but they don't read stuff. So just taking the time to pay attention to what people are looking for goes a long way. 
That's one of the things that like I've come to realize in doing, you know, research and listening to people talk about the lifestyle is mindfulness is probably the most important skill to have above everything else is being able to understand, you know, somebody's profile says, I am not into this one thing. I'm into everything else, but not this one thing, but somehow get reached out to for that one thing regardless. It just, it just takes a lot of comments. Like it's the lifestyle is complex, but I don't think it's as complicated as some people make it. If you just behave like a normal person, like you would in the vanilla world, you know, and you treat people with respect and you are not, you know, vulgar and inappropriate in like your first opening message to people, you understand that women are not here just to be like your personal sex doll. You know, if you just act with respect and a little bit of decency, then it goes a long way. It's, you know, I don't feel like it should be as complicated as a lot of people make it on here. And if you make plans with somebody, just keep the plans. Like there's so many flakes and pay- and fake profiles on there. And it just wastes so much time for the people that are actually like trying to do this. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned soft swap and full swap. Uh, what's the difference between those two? Full swap is you're having sex. Soft swap is like oral kissing, touching, stuff like that. So a lot yeah. of, a lot of people I've noticed you know, when you're first into the lifestyle, the general trend, not saying everybody, but it's like the girls play, then it goes to soft swap, then it goes to full swap. And then it goes like to more people from there. That seems to be like a general trend that people follow, but not everybody does. And you absolutely don't need to. There's people that their first night out, they're full swap. You know, it just depends on your comfort level. And there's no right or wrong in this world. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah, that's what what uh, appetite you have and what things you want. And, you know, like you said, uh, figuring out yourself going into it. And I think that's big. Um, so now that we know a little bit about the lifestyle, a little bit about, you know, where you were, where you are, uh, what is the play style between you and your husband right now? And what is it that like excites you both about that? I am a huge hardcore exhibitionist and he's a mix of exhibitionist with a lot of voyeur in him. So watching me play definitely feeds both personalities for us, but he just has something where he loves showing me off and he loves like his favorite thing is after a play session when a guy shakes his hand and goes, Oh my God, that was like the best night ever. Your wife is amazing. That just makes him really proud and excited And so we play either threesomes with guys or we go all the way up to gangbangs, like, you know, 10, 15 public gangbangs, whatever. Um, I'm definitely, once I found out you could have more than one guy at a time, I left everything else behind (laughs) that I was doing in the lifestyle. And I just invested all of my energy into group male play. So it, you know, it varies. There could be one guy, two guys, five guys. And it's, it's always different because the personalities are different. The guys are different. Sometimes we play with guys we already know and mix them with new guys. So it's just, I don't know, it's really exciting. He just loves seeing me with other people. And because he has that compersion factor, he gets so turned on. And then a big part of our dynamic too is that, you know, after the guys leave, the the connection that I have with my husband and the excitement that transfers into our sex life, like goes back into it. So either he'll... Like before the date, he'll help me shower and get ready, pick out my outfit. And then afterwards, you know, 
we'll have this like crazy sex again. He'll fuck me even harder and better than he would <laughs> if the other guys weren't there. And that's a big factor for like the hot wife dynamic. Um, it turns the guy on so, so much that like you could actually feel how excited he is like in his erection like it's a whole nother level like it's not made up you can tell when a guy is really into this and he's not faking it and the sex between us is just you know that much hotter after and you relive it and you talk about it and i don't know it's just not everybody can understand it because not everybody's into it but people that are into this totally understand what i'm talking about right now it's like a physical response that he has to seeing this. And he loves that, you know, he's getting to curate real life porn in front of him because I'll do whatever he's in the mood to see that night. You know, he gets to pick the guys that I'm with or like how we're going to play that night. So instead of watching porn on TV, he's watching real life porn and he's kind of the director. So it's really, you know, custom tailored to what he wants. So why would he not like that? Yeah. Um, and I mean, that, that sounds like it's, um, it becomes, you know, the, the word that I've heard it referred to is like the reclaiming process yeah, and like how excited you get, because although you're allowing people to share, and like you said, the guy shaking his hand at the end saying, thank you so much, you know, the show of respect. And I would imagine yeah. he wouldn't put you into a situation where you weren't going to be respected and people weren't going to respect him. And that's a big part of it. Um, yeah, so a big part is the reclaiming and like the aftercare that goes into it. You know, he needs to tell me like how amazing it was afterwards. He needs to make me feel like I did a good job for him. If he doesn't give a shit about what I did, then like, what's the point? What's the turn on for me then? So there really is, is like, you need this specific chemistry and this communication. And remember, even though like we're playing with other people, the main goal is for me and my husband in that moment to have a connection. Like there's so many times where I'm, another guy's inside of me and my husband is whispering, I love you to me from across the room. Like <laughs> it's crazy, you know, and it's hard to imagine that this is how we are because when I got into the lifestyle, I had no idea this is the path I was going to end up on. And I probably would have thought you were crazy if you told me this, but it just works for us. And there's something so intimate and sensual about it that, it's really hard to put into words unless you can experience it for yourself. And it's something that you actually enjoy, but it's, you know, there's much more to, Oh, he just lets his wife fuck a bunch of people. There's this whole emotional and mental, you know, dynamic going on between us that you need for this to work. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. At least the way that you're explaining it definitely sounds like there's a, you know, a level of like deeper love that, you find not specifically because of the lifestyle, but because your communication is so open, you are so secure in each other and you are so happy to see each other happy. And mm -hmm. I think that's good. Um, so changing gears a little bit here, uh, here at home's room, we love creative people and people who live their lives on their own terms and follow, you know, whatever path they choose. So I'm a writer, you're a writer. Tell us how long you've been writing. So I think I wrote my first book in 2017, maybe. I'm so bad with time. And I've written three books so far. They're all memoirs. So they all, everything we just talked about is in the books. It's from when I first got into the lifestyle to when I got married in the lifestyle. 
Yeah. Um, so one thing I have, I have uh, checked out some of your books and checked out, you know, some of the, some of the things that are in there. And I will say, uh, writer to writer, you have a really good grasp on, uh, the way you describe things in your writing from the, the bits and pieces that I've checked out. I think that, um, you have a way of, I'm really bad about enjoying books that are like over described. Like I don't need to know that the wall was red if that has nothing to do with anything in the story. And your descriptions were always so perfect. Like there's one part where you were talking about a, um, you were counting the bricks as you were walking up to this house in a nervous situation. And I can totally picture that. And I've probably been in the exact same situation. So like I could relate to that so well. And I think that when it comes to writing the way that your, uh, your writing comes across and it's a memoir, but comes across as though it's just a story. Like it could be just like any other book where somebody's telling a story and it tracks that way. And I think that's really good. So um, congratulations and good job. Thank you. I'm very like, even though I've written three books, I'm still a little, I don't know the right word. Like I don't know if it's insecure about my writing because I wasn't a writer before I started writing. I just randomly decided to write and I always put pressure on myself saying, Oh, I'm not a professionally trained writer or, you know, but I don't think that matters at the end of the day. Like you can still write something really powerful if it comes from like, you know, kind of like your soul. Like I just, it's like a diary that I wrote and a lot of people seem to relate to it, but it's taken me a long time to not be so hard on myself and say like, it's okay to do something that you didn't think you were, you know, skilled to do And I think that's a good lesson for people is, you know, don't be afraid to try something that's beyond you talk about like fear with your podcast. That was me with writing. That was me with my OnlyFans. You know, these things are terrifying steps to make, but you just have to say, fuck it. I'm going to try it. If it fails, it fails. But at least I tried it. And it turns out that I've actually had some success from writing. And I really do enjoy it on just a personal level, even if no one ever read my book ever again. I would still want to keep writing because it's been super therapeutic for me. And I think the writing process, when you write about yourself, it really makes you look deep, deeper than you would normally look because I want to make sure what I write is very true and honest. And it's funny because now if I look back at my first book, I might disagree with stuff I wrote in it. But when I wrote it, I believed it because that's the part of the journey I was on. You know, when you look at your diaries, yeah, you change. So in that moment, I always try to be as honest and as brutal and as true to myself as I can be. And, you know, that's really like the best you can do. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So um, is there anything that you can tell us about your books that, um, you know, is there an overall arc to them? Is there, you know, you said you wrote three and it's been your journey through the lifestyle. Um, So where does, you said the first one is obviously, I'd assume from when you were in your twenties and joining it. Uh, So what about the other two? Where do, where do those start and end? So the second book picks up when I discovered being with multiple guys, it's heavy into gangbangs. I actually interview a lot of the guys that were my long-term play partners. So they filled out like questionnaires So I would describe like my experience (laughs) with them and then let them say something because, you know, look, I love single guys, right? They, they feed my hunger for sex right now. (laughs) And in the lifestyle guys get a really bad negative rap and partially it's their own fault because there are so many of them that are just assholes, but there are so many decent guys in the lifestyle. 
the ones that are like true lifestyle guys and understand the mentality and the etiquette and the behavior and the respect. So I really wanted to kind of highlight that they do exist. So that's why I tried to have them involved in that one a little bit. And just to get, you know, the other side of the story. And then the third book is entirely about my husband from when we met until we got married. And they are all about like the struggles that I go through. They're not, you know, just like pure sex erotica. They are, you know, very true, like the ups and downs, the struggles, the bad things that I did, the bad things other people did to me. You know, it's not it's not like all rainbows and kittens in my books. It's a lot of serious topics that I try to cover because I think anyone going into the lifestyle needs to know because when I entered the lifestyle, I thought it was just gonna be all fun and sex all the time. I didn't think there was gonna be nights where like I'm crying and I'm depressed and I'm lonely after something, you know, or like questioning what I'm doing with my life. So I think it's really important to show the full story. And, you know, when we're vulnerable and we're showing our negative um, experiences, I think that's when you grow the most and you learn the biggest life lessons. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I mean, very well said. And I think that, you know, being authentic is, you know, kind of the point of a book like that. So, you know, I like that your books are not only steamy, but also educational and, mm-hmm. you know, home's room, homeroom, we got a class going on. So I think that uh, that's, that's why you're a perfect person to have on here interviewing. Um, you said in an interview, you, you felt when people disliked your work, um, it's taken a little, you, you take it a little bit more personally because you've put so much of yourself and your authentic self in, in your book. Um, I can definitely feel that as a writer. Cause like I said, you're, you're bleeding onto that page. You're opening yourself up. Um, and that's your most vulnerable, your most vulnerable. Um, I just wanted to say that I believe that that's beautiful. And I also think that when you're put in that situation, it's extremely brave of you to do that and to, you know, step out of a comfort zone, step into, you know, a a skill that you might not have honed over years. You just, you know, I'm going to do this. And I just wanted to congratulate you on that as well, because we're about support here. And, you know, as a writer, I know how hard it can be, but as a writer of something that personal to you, it's definitely, uh, you know, a, a huge deal for you to have been able to say, I'm going to be out here in the world with this book. So good yeah. job. And, you know, thank you so much. That's an amazing compliment. And it's not like, not everybody has to like my book. That's fine. If you don't like it, you don't agree with it. But I hate when people read it and then their comment is like, oh, you're just bragging about being a slut. And I'm like, oh my God, did you not read the word? Like you missed the entire <laughs> you missed point the of this. And that's what upsets me is like, you're not even trying to pay attention. You're just, you know, glossing over a few words and making this judgment and you're so closed-minded that you can't see like the bigger picture. So that's what upsets me because I'm like, wow, you just missed every single thing that I put into this book. Yeah. Um, that's definitely one of those. I think we all have them. Like I know for me, one of my, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like, uh, my first book, especially where they'll be like, it's so, it's so poorly edited. Well, yeah. Cause I, put out a book by myself with no money and could like, so yeah, I'm sorry if you, but at the same time, if you're going to give me a, like, that's your, that's your biggest critique, then that means everything else that I was fearful for in my writing maybe wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be because you could have been like, you know, this story made no sense. Like they, with you, they, they read the book and they understand the content. They just aren't, you know, 
wise enough to get the point. They are, they're too dense to understand the, um, the, the fact that you're expressing a openness and a vulnerability, but also another way of life that a lot of people can identify with. Yeah. And that's the thing. People want to just like have negative comments just for the sake of having negative comments sometimes like they're going to bash you for poor editing of a book you wrote and published by yourself. But like, did they do that on their own? No, you know, exactly. Still a huge task. Even if it's not perfect, the energy and the time that it takes. And like my first book actually got published by a real company. Like that's fucking incredible for someone that didn't know they were a writer. You know, I chose to do the next ones myself for other reasons, but you know, that's a huge feat. And here I am saying like, Oh, but I'm not like a real writer sometimes to myself, you know? But like I am, I'm officially published. So sometimes we're our own worst critics too. And, you know, I'm always really hard on myself for stuff. And I think everybody needs to learn to just like value themselves and say, hey, like thumbs up for doing all these amazing things. And let's not worry about the one little negative thing that wasn't so perfect, maybe. Yeah. Um, on this podcast, there my, my listeners are probably going to hear this quite a few times. But one of my new favorite sayings is stacking pennies which is, you know, remembering all the little things. Everybody else is looking for dollars and quarters and things like that on the ground where, you know, you just stack that one good compliment. You you stack that one good experience and you just keep stacking them. And in the end, you're going to come out ahead because you were, you know, stacking your bank way more than everybody else was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I believe that creativity doesn't have a box. Um, you are also, I mentioned it, you are also a content creator and the creative work that goes into creating adult content, you know, OnlyFans, anything like that, um, especially on your own is sometimes another full-time job. What has that been like for you? How'd you get into it? So it was something that had always, you know, for the past few years, people have been talking about OnlyFans, like it kind of boomed during COVID. So it was on our radar. And every once in a while, my husband and I would joke like, oh, we should do an OnlyFans. But we didn't. It just never felt like right or appropriate or I wasn't ready. And then for whatever reason, last year I turned 40. Our relationship was like stronger than ever. And I don't know. I just went to him one day and I said, hey, remember when we were joking about me doing an OnlyFans? You know, like, what would you think if I actually did it? And he was like, go for it. Like, I don't care. And I was surprised that it wasn't like a huge discussion. I didn't have to convince him, you know, he was just like, if you want to do that, do it. So then it became a discussion of how do we do it? I did a lot of research because, you know, I don't take something like that lightly. That's a big endeavor. Absolutely. And I'm smart enough to know that it's a lot more complicated than just posting like a nude photo online and expecting something to come from it. So I did a lot of research for a month, like reading blogs, watching videos, learning how to use the site, the expectations for the site, you know, what a creator is supposed to do. And then we ended up launching it. And I had to learn, you know, photography, Adobe Premiere editing, lighting. (laughs) I just finished building my own website by myself. Like I didn't expect all of these parts to come from it. It's been super stressful in that aspect because, you know, every step you think you mastered something, they're like, oh shit, I have to learn how to do this now. And I'm the type I like to do everything by myself. So I stress myself out. I give myself like so much anxiety because I'm like, you have to learn how to do this like by the end of the day. And my husband's like, you're the only person making these like time limitations on yourself. It could take you a month to do something, but you need it right now. And I'm like, well, that's how I operate. So for me personally, 
I've had a lot of stress in the process, but it's my own fault probably. But on the other side of it, it's just been the best experience ever. It's been, I feel like the pinnacle of everything my journey has been leading me to with empowerment and freedom. You know, there's something to say about the confidence to put yourself out there naked. And I don't take that decision lightly. And before that, I was always afraid of having someone, you know, like an ex-boyfriend post a picture of me online naked without my permission. I'm like, that would be the biggest violation. How, you know, I would feel so, yeah, just like violated. And now that's out there and who's going to see it and the fear and the panic. And I remember the first day I uploaded an image and the site went live. We just sat there and I was shaking and I'm like, oh my God, did I really (laughs) just do that? Like, what's going to happen? And we had all these talks in preparation. Like, what if people find out what happens at work, like coworkers, family. And my husband's like, look, it's going to be okay. Like, just, just relax. We will get through it. We're adults. This is our choice. (laughs) It's fine. We don't have kids, you know? And I remember, so I uploaded it. And then the minute I got my first fan and they were, they gave me like a like on something. I was like, oh, that's it. This is amazing. Like, I love this. (laughs) Fear went away. And ever since then, I've just loved it. I'm so um, interactive on there. I feel like it's just another creative platform. And I try to make it, you know, interesting. I'm not literally just posting pictures and videos of like random stuff. It's all our real life. So basically, it's like watching my books in video form. You're watching us go on (laughs) dates with people. You're watching me and my husband together. I do naked workouts, showers, like literally anything that I'm doing, like I'll put up there. I do contests, I do polls, like it's just a lot of fun. Sometimes I throw some writing stuff in there, Um, but it really is just like a full expression of me and not some separated version. Like I don't clock in and out of OnlyFans. It's not like, okay, time to make content. Like I have to be on the clock now. It's just very organic and natural for me, which is again, just like my writing you know, you'll see me in my pajamas or like whatever, like I don't wear makeup. I don't, you know, turn into a different person for OnlyFans. It's very true to who we are. And we've had a lot of good feedback from people that are either interested in the lifestyle, in the lifestyle, wish they could be a stag and vixen. You know, they like seeing a good example of a couple that is happy and secure doing this. And we show a lot of that interaction on my site where, you know, we'll be having an intimate moment talking about a date we just went on or something and how hot it was. So it really, you know, proves that this is a real life and we're not faking anything for the camera, you know? And I think people really like that. I'm quirky. I'm goofy on there. You know, (laughs) I've been on there for five months. So now you get the real me in the beginning. I was a little, you know, hesitant to be my real self, like a hundred percent. So now it's just a lot of fun and the fans are really nice. It's been, you know, really interesting to see how many people on the site have stories that are similar or questions that they need help with. You know, I do a lot of on my site now, on my regular website, I do like advice and help for people because I have so much knowledge and experience and it is hard to know some of this stuff just by Googling it sometimes. Like it is easier to get help from a real person. So I wasn't expecting that to come from it either. But that just kind of naturally went into it because people are now just bombarding me with questions and need advice and tips and they're curious about stuff. So it's really turning more. I'm trying to make more of like a brand out of everything versus, you know, 
just saying like, oh, I'm an OnlyFans content creator. Yes, I'm on OnlyFans, but I write, I do other stuff. It's, you know, like full circle. I don't know the right word. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, I mean, that's why, you know, like even that story alone, just it, it's the perfect example of why I wanted you to be a guest is you're supportive. You're finding out information that you, you have no choice but to find out to walk the path that you want, learning these skills, learning these, you know, applications to try and create the content you want to create. That's taken every day as a class and learning something new and not being like, well, I don't know how to do this. So I'm going to stop. And, you know, I, I have a couple friends that have done OnlyFans and they found out real quick that it's not just Instagram. It's not just, oh, post a picture and that's it. And, you know, some of them have stuck with it. One of them did not. And it was too much work. And I felt really bad, not because they stopped doing it and it was a dream or anything. I felt really bad because there was no way to motivate a person that doesn't want to be motivated. And, you know, and to me, I believe it's about support. And I love the the way it sounds like your support system is structured. And now you're turning that outward. And I think that that is amazing. Um, another thing, side note, random story, uh, as far as putting your first picture out there and, you know, what if people find out, what if this, I, um, I was, I, I've always been, uh, kind of body shamey with myself. Um, I'm a smaller guy. I'm not big and muscly and, you know, the standard of what, like, society tells you a a guy should look like. So I've always been made fun of for being skinny. I've always been made fun of for, you know, skipping leg day or whatever it is. And, um, I remember I was having a conversation with my wife. I went to go send her, send her a picture and a guy from work texted me in between playing video games. So I threw my phone down, went back to playing video games. He texted me. I picked my phone back up to respond to my wife and send her this picture. And it wasn't anything like terrible. It was just like, you know, nothing more than what you would see at the beach, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And instantly I realized I sent it to him and I was like, (laughs) oh my God, this is the worst. And then it was that moment of, oh well, well, it's out there now. And I I ended up posting it to my Instagram because at that point it was like every bit of shame that I felt was gone. Cause at that point, like the, the worst possible thing just happened and there's nothing, to, nothing to go. And I was fine with it. I thought it was funny. Uh, I get to work, you know, the next day and people are like, so I heard you sent a picture. And I was like, yeah, I figured that was going to be the way today went. But yeah, I mean, I was talking to my wife, she was going to get a picture. I'm not ashamed that I took the picture. I'm not ashamed that I sent the picture. It just sucks for the recipient. Well, see, that's the funny thing about shame. And this is a lesson that takes a long time to learn sometimes is that we are not, I don't think we're naturally ashamed of what we're doing. It's just we're feeling the projection of society shaming us. And if you are not powerful enough to block that shame, then you become ashamed, right? So like when I posted that picture, I was proud to post it. So nobody could take that away from me, you know? But 10 years ago, if that was on there and people saw it, I would have been mortified. So it really is just like how you feel about things. And the same thing about us being in the lifestyle or my husband sharing me, like, doesn't matter to us who found that anymore because we're so okay with it that you can judge us all you want. You can give whatever criticism you want to us. Like, it's not going to affect how we run our life, but it takes a really strong, like, person to be able to do that and really just brush it off and not let it get to them and not let them second guess what they're doing and like you said, I have a good support system. Like there's so many days where I would be so stressed out about doing something 
and I'd be like crying on the couch when he comes home and I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he'd be like, can you just relax, like breathe, put the computer down, go back to it tomorrow. Everything's going to be fine. (laughs) So for me, a big part of my success is having somebody that is like supportive and motivating me and encouraging me to keep going down this path. Cause it is really easy to give up when you have a bad day or, you know, you feel negative, you know, it's really hard to have an OnlyFans and then, you know, like not to be graphic, but you know, as girls, we get our periods, we're bloated for a week and it's like, Oh my God, I don't feel sexy at all right now, but I still need to like create content, you know? So again, you have to be okay with yourself and, give yourself some slack for not being as perfect as you think you need to be all the time, you know? And for me, that's why this has been so empowering because I have complete control over what I post. You know, I'm a size six. I love my body. When I go to get my physical every year, they tell me I'm obese because I weigh too much. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like it's such an unhealthy world that we live in where, you know, Again, if I was susceptible to that, I'd be like, oh, my God, I need to lose weight. I need they tell me I need to Mm -hmm. lose like 25 pounds. Like I do not. And I don't want to lose 25 pounds. (laughs) But that can really fuck with your head if you're not like, okay with who you are. And it's just so fucked up. Like and again, like um, I'm just turning 41 and all over you see like, oh, once you hit 40, like life is over. You're an old lady like you're you know, your sex life stops and guys don't want you. And you're too old for this. And I'm like, really? 40's too old? Okay, well, I'm going to go on OnlyFans and be 40 <laughs> and be happy. So mostly it's like a big fuck you to everybody that thinks, you know, negative things about women in general. And just like all these constraints that we have in society and all these double standards. It's like, no, I'm not going to listen to what people are saying. I'm just going to do things because I want to do them and they make me happy. Absolutely. Um, don't quote me on this because I can't remember the exact ages, but I'm pretty sure guys have their sexual peak in their mid thirties and women are later in life. Maybe I can't remember if it's mid forties to like mid fifties where they are at their sexual peaks. So like whatever, if being 40 is like, go sit down somewhere, go, but go, you know, like, go on Instagram. There's all these posts. Oh, like I'm 40. I go to bed at eight o'clock every night. And like, you know, I have no energy. My, my, you know, I have all these like physical ailments now, like it's always the negative side of getting older that you see, you know, it's never like, Hey, like I'm super excited to be 40. You know, it's amazing. This is my favorite decade that I'm entering actually. Like, I think it's the best one. And so I post a lot about that on Instagram. Like I try to encourage people like, you know, so what if you're getting gray hair, like that's getting old. What if like (laughs) you have a few wrinkles, that's fine. Like you're getting older. That's part of life. But I just hate this thing where they act like getting older is a negative thing that you should be afraid of. And, you know, like 40 is like over the hill. It is not over the hill. I'm not even halfway up my hill yet at 40. I got a long <laughs> way to go, you know, and I want people to understand that it's what you make of it. I feel like I'm 25 Absolutely. still the way I live my life, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is, uh, you know, being active, being, you know, being involved in life as a you know, just center of being, you know, not, yeah. If you're going to bed at eight o'clock because all you do is sit on your couch and don't talk to anybody or scroll through your phone, whatever. Yeah. You're going to feel like you have to go to bed at eight o'clock. If you're out living life and enjoying stuff, um, not being active in a way, like 
I'm saying, you know, you're exercising or whatever, just being active in your life as far as, you know, you're playing with your kids, you're, you know, cutting the grass, you're going to enjoy yard work because you like plants, whatever, whatever it is, you're going to feel more vital because you're enjoying your life. And I think that's good. Um, you, uh, you touched on a little bit talking about, you know, your support system. And uh, from what I've heard, you and your husband are really supportive of each other. And it sounds like, you know, just from what you said about him keeping you going when you're, when you're having bad days, uh, you guys have a really, really interesting meet cute story. How'd you, how'd you two meet? So like I said, we were both in the lifestyle and we were both single. And at that time I was pretty popular on the website we were on. And I had a lot of people that wanted to meet me. My profile was very aggressive at that point because the more you deal with bullshit on these sites, the more direct your profile gets. And you can usually <laughs> tell someone's experience level by the tone in their profile. When it's all like sweet and friendly, you're like, oh, they must be new. They don't know yet what they're in for. <laughs> so I was on for a few years. So mine was like very like you need this, 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 my rules, my requirements, like don't message me if you don't fit what I want. So he had seen me on a lot and he was just like, wow, this girl is like very aggressive. I don't think, you know, she gets a lot of messages. She'll probably never read mine. So he never really like put the effort into messaging me. He just kind of watched me from afar on the site. And then he ended up hanging out with a couple and they were talking and it turned out that the guy of the couple was very good friends with me. So my husband had just mentioned me and the guy was like, oh, I'm really good friends with her. And my husband was like, really? Like, I don't think you're really friends with her. And he's like, I could hook you guys up, like, no problem. And my husband was like, I don't really believe this, but like, try. So the guy called me and he said, hey, I want you to come have this threesome with me and this guy that I know. And they he lived an hour away from me. And at that time, guys always came to me. Like, I didn't drive to meet guys. And my friend goes, well, listen, he has a playroom in his house and I think you would really love it. It's pretty like fucking cool. He goes, so if you want to make the trip, we'll have a great night. Like I guarantee it. So I thought about it and I said, you know what? I'm going to go for it. Like I'm curious. So I took the trip. I drove for an hour. I had never spoken to him or communicated with him before I went to his house. He, his profile was his face picture. So I knew what he looked like. But he never saw my face. He had only seen my body photos because I don't post my face on the site. And uh, he was just really confident that he was going to like me. So I got there and our friend was running late because something happened with his kids or something. I don't know. So I end up at this guy's house that I have no clue who he is. Never spoke to him. And I just like text him like, okay, I'm here. And we met in his driveway. And it was so fucking weird and uncomfortable. We were both like, what are we (laughs) doing right now? Like. Because normally when I play with people, I like to play like quick, like jump right into the sex, but we couldn't because our friend wasn't there and it was supposed to be a threesome. So now we're just sitting in his house for like a half hour waiting to have sex. And it's such a bizarre situation. We're trying to make like small talk and, you know, like act like we're not waiting to have a threesome. (laughs) And he was just so excited that I was actually like in his house, like the girl that he wanted to meet so badly. And It was pretty interesting. So our friend finally showed up and we had this amazing threesome. And then that was it. Like I left, wasn't expecting to ever see him again. That wasn't part of the plan. But a few days later, I had been seeing somebody like casually dating them, I guess you could say, before I went to the threesome. 
And I knew that going to the threesome was going to end that relationship. Like, I'm not an idiot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was like a sore subject because he wanted me to be vanilla with him. It was a whole thing. And I ended up going to the threesome. I was like, fuck it. So, of course, within the next few days, me and the other guy have this big blowout. And I'm very upset about it. So I called the guy that arranged the threesome. And I was like, hey, I really need just, like, to get my mind off of things. Can we hang out? Like, I need to have sex. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm with, I forget if it was his girlfriend or his wife, whoever he was with at the time. He was like, I really can't get away this weekend. And I was very upset. And he goes, why don't you call Jason? And I'm like, why would I call Jason? He goes, I don't know, like, ask him to hang out with you. And I go, I don't know him. He goes, you just fucked him the other day. Like, what do you mean you don't know him? I go, yeah, I had sex with him, but I don't know him. Like, I don't know the guy. (laughs) So, but I was, like, so devastated. I was like, fuck it, whatever. I'll just go hang out with him. So I hung out with him, and then it just went from there. We ended up, like, slowly dating. It wasn't, like, like, snap your fingers and we were happily together. It was a long road to get to where we are. He was really into me, but I was very, like, jaded and had all these walls up, and I wouldn't let him in. So I was, like, a complete horror show to try to date at that time, (laughs) but he didn't give up on me. (laughs) And we ended up getting married. But, like, neither of us saw that coming. It was totally out of left field. And it was just, like, a freak string of coincidences that led us to end up together, I guess. But it's a pretty unique story. And I wouldn't change it for the world. But people, you know, laugh yeah. when they go, oh, how'd you meet? We're like, oh, threesome. And they're like, no, really, how'd you meet? <laughs> I'm like, threesome. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So wrapping it up, we got a couple of this or that questions. Sure. Um, first one, naked camping or perfect beach trip? Okay. So we have an RV and we go nude camping all the time. <laughs> that's what Love yeah, it. that sounds fun um writing about the lifestyle or talking about the lifestyle Ooh, that's a hard one because lately i have been doing a lot of talking about it and i feel like it is a much um easier platform to go about so right now i think i'd go talking about it yeah Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for telling us a little bit about the the lifestyle. Thanks for telling us a little bit about your books. Um, I'm going to put your link tree in the show notes so people can find you. Um, I believe that you are extremely brave for everything you do. I believe that you're extremely brave for being a writer and putting yourself out there. And you're also a blast. So keep being that. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. The bell is about to ring. If you want to drop us a voice message or simply ask a question, you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes below. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. It helps more people find us. Theme music by Kinsey. More music available on Spotify. Remember, every day is a class. Go learn something.